Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Chivas del Norte podcast. We are going to talk everything Chivas Femenil right now. And with me, Luis and Melissa, what's up? I mean, fine. Eight games. Um, we are still undefeated. I what's mean, going on, guys? Everything's pretty okay, I would say. Yeah, Chivas still undefeated. We all had a, a little bit of a scare before the game last night. Because, uh, I mean, we're just going to get right into it. Alicia Cervantes did not play last night. She wasn't even on the bench. I know I panicked when I saw that. Melissa, what, what did you think when you saw that? Yeah, I, I also panicked because, I mean, at first I, I was kind of like checking the the lineup. And it was, I think, like still 45 minutes to go. And I was even thinking of like maybe taking a nap or something before the match. And then when I saw that Licha wasn't there, I started panicking too. And I wasn't <laughs> able to sleep. So, yeah, I mean, I think that we were all wondering because there also like there wasn't any any information from the club. Like she's injured or or something happened or, or, or what was going on. So that kind of also added a lot to, to how we were feeling. Yeah, I was telling you before we started recording. Um, my dad actually watched the game with me. I think I think it's probably maybe the second time he's watched the feminine game because I I think he watched the final with me when they won. But I was like, you're gonna miss out on Alicia Cervantes, or like she was his best striker right now. But um, he still enjoyed the game because we won uh three one. But he he missed out on Licha. Yeah, let's keep converting people and <laughs> like giving the, giving them like the only Chivas related thing that is giving us joy right now. For real. <laughs> All right. So she was. Were, and... were you like me? Were you? Were, did you want the coach fired <laughs> when you didn't see Licha? <laughs> yeah, what a chore. <laughs> like no Licha, no party. So I mean, but yeah, I mean, it's I'm not like... gonna lie. It did take away a little something. It did, it felt a little different without Licha. Yeah, because like she's not only like really really effective right now. She's also fun to watch. I mean. Like, from her attitude and the way she plays, I mean, she's, like, all over, like, really enjoyable to watch. So, we everybody missed her last night. Like, even though she was one, I mean, you're still, like, kind of, like, wondering how many goals she could have scored last night. Yeah, she was one, and uh, no Alisa Cervantes, but uh, Maria Sanchez took advantage and uh, put the team on her back. She had uh, two goals and an assist. And uh, o- overall, what do you guys think of her? performance last night i mean i think that it was like her chance to to step up and like show what what she could do because also like i mean uh Chore fielded like a 4-4-2 so she was going to get like the chance to be a little bit uh, uh, further ahead and and like with more chances to finish herself so i think that she did fantastic i mean it's really great to see her at this level right now and she's looking like really happy and really confident, which is also like something that you you want to see them like enjoying themselves. So I think that she stepped up like in a major way for the team, and that's only going to to like help her feel better in in what she's doing right now. Yeah, I saw I saw Luis. You tweeted out. You called it, dude. Um, Luis said, "No, at least in Cervantes, but Maria Sanchez is gonna is gonna step up and take over." Yeah, I mean, I saw that. Um, she took like two shots early on and. You could tell they were from far distance, so you could just tell that she wanted it. She like she was gonna take over the game. Yeah, I mean she showed like really, really good leadership last night, which I think that it's it's great and like that it's also like that confidence boost that no matter who's on the pitch, like the team will be able to find ways to to figure out matches and, and to get those wins. So that's also going to help them a lot 
for the rest of the season. Yeah, and then Yashira Barrientos got the start um, at striker last night. She got off to like a, a rocky start. She had a she had like a one v one that got blocked by the keeper, and then there was a cross into the box from Tanya Morales that she didn't make clean contact with. So it it kind of looked like she was nervous when the game started. Like you know, obviously you got big shoes to fill with. Alisa Cervantes not on the pitch, but um. Eventually, you know, she recovers the 38th minute. She um, she scores on the on the cross from uh, Maria Sanchez after a great run on the wing, and got got Chivas going one uh, 0 Yeah, I mean the thing with with Yashira and like she's been at, at the team for a while now. She's a player that I, that I really enjoyed watching, and I was like always angry at, at Coach Villa the last year because she, she wasn't getting like the start and. But the thing is that last night, I mean, it could also have been like nerves because she hasn't been really getting a lot of minutes. But also what, in a way, Chore asked her to do is something that she's really not comfortable doing. Like, she's not the kind of striker that can finish off like a 45-yard run and, and then finish. Like, that's not her style. She's like the kind of striker that needs to be right inside the box or around the box at all times. And she's really good at at finishing and also building play in small spaces. So that's kind of like her thing. So it was really weird at first because I was like trying to figure out what, what Chore was doing with the with the formation of the team and seeing her like so close to the sideline and then really behind. It's like just not the kind of game that she's built for and the kind of game that she enjoys doing. So I think that as the minutes went by and like at around the 20th minute and right before they scored, it's kind of when you could see her like a bit more settled and also she switched sides with Maria. So she was like put in a, in a position that she was more comfortable with. And that's like when, when she scored and when she started to, to play a little bit better. But yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, I think that it's okay that the Chor is trying to maybe move players around and, and try to see if they can do different things, but it just didn't work out for, for Yashira. But yeah, I mean, I think that, She's like a very talented striker, and like I said, she she's a player that I really enjoy watching. But it's but she's not suited to this kind of of game, or or at least to not for this kind of of tactics that Chore was demanding of her to do. Okay, so you're saying she's more like kind of like a pure nine instead of like what like a modern a modern nine. Yeah, I mean she's she's not like the the fastest player on the on the team, and what really like helped her was with, with Ruby because she was always like in the middle and just building and linking with Ruby. So Ruby was a player who would like carry the ball to her and then they would just like finish between the two of them. Like whoever was in a better position was, was the one who was getting to score. But yeah, I mean, that that's kind of like what her role was. And yeah, I mean, it's also like partly nerves, but it's just that she wasn't like in, a, in the most comfortable positions to be in last night at the start of the game. Yeah, I mean, she got she got the job done. She did what she had to do. She did what a uh, Shorty requested of her. She scored a goal and uh, took Chivas into the into the in the into the half with a one nil lead. And then you know in the second half, I feel like Gerardo uh, was applying pressure in like the first 10, 15 minutes. Like they kind of managed to push Chivas a little bit back, but never really threatened Chivas. Yeah, I mean the thing with Gerardo is that they are not like the strongest team or they they might not be like the team with the most recognizable names but they've really improved a lot I mean this was a team that was like at the bottom of the standings last season and 
they got like a their their biggest signing wasn't a player but rather their coach Carla Rossi, who was the former Tijuana coach, and like even though she doesn't have like maybe the same caliber or the same big name players as she had in in Tijuana like Rene Cuellar or Itzel González, I think that she's doing like a really great job. I mean. Tijuana right now is at the bottom of the standings and Querétaro is like ranked 10th. So they've been, they've been able to, to win some games and like to to figure out things and they, they've been getting better. So I think that also it was interesting to see maybe if partly the, the challenge of facing like such a good coach as Carla Rossi is maybe got a bit into Chore and maybe that's also partly what why he was trying to do new things and mix things up so so that maybe he could catch like Rossi off guard a bit. So that was also like an interesting element to see. But yeah, I mean, Querétaro is not like like the most um, like the flashiest team on the league, but but they 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 are really capable and they they like I've said they kept getting better. So they they were going to be like a like an intriguing matchup because you don't know if they're going to be able to like pull a scare or or upset Chivas. In some way, yeah, that's interesting. I wonder if Shorty planned planned that on purpose. Then that uh, substituting uh, Alicia Cervantes for uh, Yashira Barrientos. He got to warn us next time, though. So <laughs> we make plans to watch Licha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that we are kind of like starting to see like how Chore is as a as a coach and what kind of like de- details he has. Like for example, not releasing the the player injury reports. We haven't gotten any at all, and that's kind of maybe that's part of his tactics to maybe not give away too too much information for the rivals. And like seeing maybe seeing him maybe try different things. And I don't know. I mean, I, I think that as he gets more comfortable with the team, he's also trying going to try new things. And like especially considering that you're getting maybe like a more favorable favorable team like Querétaro ahead of a tough match like like Monterrey maybe you're, you're, you must be kind of happy to get that, that room to, to explore a little bit and try to figure out new things for the next game yeah and we were talking before we started recording Um, we noticed that Alicia Cervantes was kind of like holding her leg at, at certain points against Pumas she finished I don't remember if she finished the game or got subbed out but um, she didn't come off the pitch but maybe that was just a precaution maybe she's a uh, they don't want to risk a further injury, especially with Rayadas coming up. Yeah, I think that it was like a, a bunch of things happening at once that, that kind of made, made made it look worse. Like, we saw that Licha was holding her leg, so maybe it was just like, like you said, it was just like to prevent anything worse from happening. Like, she's going to have like another week to recover if that's the case that she's injured. But then like uh, when Chore was asked at the, at the post-match press conference, like, why didn't Alicia play? And he was like, oh, it was like a an internal group management thing. And then, like, that's, I know that's like a term that sometimes coaches use when, when one of the players uh, hasn't been as disciplined or something. So everybody started speculating, like, oh, my God, are they, did they fight each other? Or did Alicia do something? Or, or what's going on? And I think that kind of made it worse. So maybe it was kind of like this conflict for Chore because it really looks like he doesn't like to admit when his players are injured and then he had to give an explanation and I guess that he tried to be as vague as possible and that just that just like made everything worse. Yeah, Shorty was kind of like, uh, 
how do I say it? I don't know. He wasn't ha- he he wasn't happy at the press conference. Like he seemed annoyed at some of the questions he was getting. I know they asked him about uh, yeah, kind of like they asked him um, how do you prepare for a game? Like we're we're gonna we'll we'll get into it the Rayada preview, but he was like, I don't I don't care who I'm playing. Um, I you know I prepare. I don't something like that. Like I don't care who I'm playing. I just get the team ready to go. Something like that. And I was like, he, he just seemed annoyed. Yeah, and it's hard. I mean, I didn't see, like, the... I don't know if the full press conference is available to, like, maybe try to get, like, that extra nuance. Like, did he get asked about that, like, several times? Or or how even, like, was the question framed to, to like, prompt that response? So it's kind of also hard to tell out of, a, like, an edited soundbite, like, what was happening, like, all over the press conference. So I, I don't know... And it's also like part of of Choreso being like relatively young and inexperienced as a coach that, you know, coaches with more experience, they, they get better at touching those kinds of, kinds of questions. And like, I think that he tried to, but he kind of failed. And then like, I started seeing people saying, oh, is Alicia starting to, to throw tantrums and to be a diva? Like she was at Atlas in Monterrey. And they was like, wait, what's happening here? I mean... Like, we know that, that she had issues at Atlas, but I think that those were, like, justified. I mean, all she did was to ask for a, a fair wage, which I, I don't think it's, like, anything to be ashamed of. And then I was wondering, like, did she have any issues at Rayadas? I mean, I didn't remember her having any. So I, I started asking around with a, a friend who's part of their supporter group, like, do you know of anything or, or why are people, you know, saying these things? And, and Wally told me, like, no, I mean, she hasn't had issues. Like, she left on really good terms with the club. She was always, like, up to the task whenever she was called to the pitch because, I mean, she wasn't even a starter at Monterrey. So I think that it just kind of, like, everything mixed up together and blew up because of all these expectations around around Licha. And, and I think that it eventually, like, blew up and... I don't know. I mean, I think that we may we might be making the making this bigger than it actually is. But also, like, it's Chor is partly to blame because of the lack of maybe transparency in terms of disclosing if players are injured or not. Like, he could just have said, "Oh, I mean, she had like a bit of a of a of an injury. I mean, she she's not feeling bad, but we didn't want to risk her." And then any nobody would have said anything. Yeah, I think that'll that'll come with as, as he gets more experience as a head coach and he learns how to kind of play these uh, press conferences because I I really feel like that might be it. He just doesn't want to give like rivals uh, any advantage of knowing who can or who won't be playing in their in their upcoming game. Yeah, because I mean we saw it with like Andrea Sanchez. I mean we don't have confirmation that she was injured, but she was clearly not training with the rest of the team and like they haven't said that they've had any COVID cases. So, I mean, the only other logical conclusion is that she wasn't, like, 100% ready to play. And, I mean, it, it's been kind of hard and maybe a bit annoying to, to navigate this without as much information as, as we used to have. But, I mean, I also understand and respect that it, that it's maybe Chori's choice to, to do that. And if that's his style, I mean, okay, but he does need to get better at, at press conferences, or, or we are just going to keep getting, uh, what was it, the micro-infarts <laughs> every time we see these things happening. <laughs> I think we all had that when we saw the lineup. <laughs> yeah, we all had a micro-infarct that time. <laughs> it's just, I just hope it doesn't like ruin her uh, golden boot chance. Mm, well, she's too away from 
from Katy Martinez, who's leading right now. She, but she, no, probably, would have had a, she probably would have had a hat trick yesterday. Yeah, I think that she could have gotten like at least a couple of goals in. But I mean, it's it's going to be worse if she gets injured. So I mean, I think that it's better to. I mean, we're only halfway through the season, so there there are going to be like plenty more matches for her to to score. Hey, if she misses any more games, we know we know we have Maria Sanchez and. Um... Just going back to the game real quick. 65th minute, Maria Sanchez assisted by uh, Carolina Jaramillo. And she just drilled it past the goalkeeper with her left foot. Like, crazy shot. Uh, JJ Macias, you know, he can t- he can be taking notes right now. <laughs> yeah, he already trained with, with Ramoncito. Now he can train with Maria. So <laughs> he can take a few pointers from her. But yeah, also, I mean, Jacqueline Rodriguez has been having like a great season as a right back. She's uh, the kind of right back that contributes a lot on attack, and we've. All, she's also like something that is underrated is that some of her throw-ins, they end up in goals. Like I was like checking like my goal database for this season because I hadn't done anything with it, and like I started to review basically every goal Chivas has scored, and I tried to look at the at the full play so I can get like a better idea of how the goals start. And that's something that, that she does that ends up helping the team. I think that because she's a bit taller, so she can maybe get the get the ball in better. But yeah, I mean, she's been doing great defensively and also like contributing in offense because she makes all these runs and that also helps to free off other teammates from, from the defenders. So I think that she also needs to get a bit of, of recognition for what she has been doing this season. Yeah, I mean, and then, you know, the second Maria Sanchez goal is assisted by Jacqueline Rodriguez, you know, a great ball and great anticipation for Maria, too, in the box, you know, gets her head on it and just drills it past the keeper, too. And then, you know, she was up 3-0 at that point. Yeah, I mean, it was just, like, incredible to see Maria Sanchez, like, really step in into the role of, of, like, creating chances, which she always does, but also, like, finishing those goals. And, like, they were really good goals I mean it, they, they look like really impressive and like that's also what you want to see I mean she's she really like showed off last night but it's great to see her like uh really show like her full range because she really is a, an incredibly talented player I was gonna ask you do you think this team is better off with her and Licha playing striker together in a 4-4-2 or or with Maria out wide in a 4-3-3 I mean that's interesting I mean I think that the using the four three three that they have always used is like a like a really like solid and, and something that they're really comfortable with. But like I mentioned, I mean against Monterrey you're going to need to be way more solid on the mid and like to try to you're going to defend a lot more and they're like way more dangerous than the other thing, teams they faced. So I think that doing the four four two with like Maria and Licha up front is going to be, I think, probably the option that Chori is going to go with because it's going to be able to allow them to, to maybe allow more resources on, on defense. And, like, you know that those two, like, they can both build play and also finish. So I think that it, it's going to be, like, an interesting option to see for the rest of the season. I feel like he might actually be moving to that because he hasn't really started, a like, a pure right, a pure right ringer on... A... In like the last two or three games, I feel like. And it's interesting that he hasn't tried to start Jocelyn Montoya on the right wing to see maybe how well she could do. That's, I mean, I think that's something that, that he needs to try at some point 
But yeah, I mean, maybe also as he starts to find his own style, maybe he he'll settle for the four four two, and like maybe shift the team towards that. I mean, I think that it's also going to be like an interesting option for him. Yeah, definitely something to keep an eye on. And then you know, at the seventy ninth minute, Kerepero gets a goal. It wasn't even like an intended shot; it was an intended clearance. Uh, seventy ninth minute by uh, Val- Valeria Miranda. But um, the takeaway from that was uh, Blanca Felix took a pretty scary bump landing on the bottom back post of the goal and uh, I know Melissa you've mentioned before that Blanca's coming off like a, a back injury so that's like immediately popped up into my head when I saw that the bump she took yeah she's been healthy but uh, the last couple of seasons she was really dragging a, a back injury that also ended up being a leg injury so that's something that I always try to keep an eye on on Blanca because she had like the it's really easy to tell if she's not feeling 100% because when she does like her ball clearances, if she's not being precise on those, then then you kind of start wondering if, if she's not feeling completely well. And I don't know. I mean, I think that I don't know if it's like the, the cold and the humid conditions that they've had for the, the past two games, but I think that maybe she's been struggling with that. I don't know what, what's happening there. Or maybe it can be a little bit of nerves because I, I've seen that she's also trying to rush, like into trying to clear the ball really fast and, and going ahead. And maybe that's kind of preventing her from like delivering that with proper technique. And maybe that's kind of really uh, like not helping her in terms of trying to stay like fit or, or injury free on, on, on her legs. So I don't know what's happening. I mean, she, she also tweeted that she was okay and that like it obviously hurts, but that she doesn't feel like it's something serious. So I mean, we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, that's that's a good thing. She tweeted she's okay, but I'm I'm sure she's gonna be like sore this morning because that that was a hard hit. Probably for, even from last night. <laughs> and also, like it's funny that Blanca Felix now releases more medical reports than the actual <laughs> club. Like she's the one who's always posting her own medical updates. Like when she got hit on the on the face, and now with that, I mean, she should just like start posting the rest of the team's medical reports. So <laughs> if she's listening to this, like please help us out and like give us that information. Yeah, even but you could tell she wasn't okay last night because, um, like you said, there was like a she had like a clearance she tried and it it kind of just uh, hung in the air. It didn't have any real direction when she tried to kick kick the ball out of the the goal box. Yeah, and I mean, like we've talked about this, like in terms of of her background, she's not like the super technical or like super classically trained goalkeeper. So I think that's something that she's going to. To keep working on and she's going to need need to keep working on like as she progresses because those are like the little details that she can polish on her game and that's why like I'm going to keep saying that we really need to maybe look into bringing like a different goalkeeper trainer that can maybe help her with those things that can be like basics but because of, of her development career and the way that, that she's grown as a player like she maybe didn't have access to that kind of of training and more technical like skills so maybe that's something that the club should really look into for her and and like like that's also something that's going to help like celeste who's like a very young goalkeeper yeah for sure that that would definitely help both of them especially because blanca has that uh like super unorthodox unorthodox style to goalkeeping but um that was pretty much it for the game you know chivas won 3-1 and then um i know melissa we talked about it the tweet that we uh 
Amari tweeted out. He took kind of took a shot at the at the men's team after it. Do you do you want to read that tweet, Melissa? Yeah. Okay. So so after the game, Amari tweeted, uh, "Muy bien, Chivas femenil poniendo el ejemplo una vez más con contundencia y siete juegos sin perder." Which basically is he's congratulating them and telling and telling them that they are once again setting the example because they are undefeated. So I mean that's also like a big shot at the at the guys. And I mean also like it's part of of Amaury's style. Like we we've really seen him like really involved with the women's team. So I mean I'm completely okay with him tweeting that because I know that he's not just using like the women to get back at the guys. Like I know that he really is proud of the team because of the investment and like of the of the approach that he has done with the team. So yeah, I mean it was like it was like funny to see that. I'm glad that he did it to be honest. Why not throw shots at the men's team if they're not doing the right job and the girls are? Then you're the owner. You can do what you want. It's your team. Represent who's who's making the team proud. Yeah, I mean that's why I also like quote tweeted him and like put like a cough. Pay raise cough, so maybe he'll take the hint and give them like <laughs> yeah, a nice was... bonus or something. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> they they should take Oribe's paychecks away from him and like give them to the women. Also, shout out to Melissa proving that she's the best uh, at reading tweets in Spanish on the Chivas and Locked podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. So Go if ahead. you need someone to read the tweets, like you can just send them and like and record them and send them over to me. <laughs> Fans were starting to lose hope. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Rigo's still covering Tapatio because of that, man. I know. We're gonna let we're gonna let Flo try tonight. We're gonna just, we're just gonna find a tweet for him to read. <laughs> you question? can read the the Macias one. Oh, send in your questions in Spanish. Yeah, that's a good one. Bro. And then we'll let Flo read them. <laughs> there, there's the Macias one for today, where he said that the reports about him being angry. Uh, about the national oh, yeah. team also, yeah, so you can read that one, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's go. a good one. We'll have to read that a little bit later. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, bro, we, we won't even tell him. We'll just like surprise him <laughs> on the podcast. Surprise, Flo. <laughs> <laughs> um, Melissa for player profile of the week. We always uh, highlight a Chivas Femenil player, and this week we've decided to cover Michelle Gonzalez. Uh, center back, formerly midfielder, but now she's uh, has she played? I think she's played every 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 game, right? She started every game. Yeah, she's been available for all games, and like to be honest, I'm like really surprised with her because I mean she's someone who's coming off one year of not playing because of a of an injury, and she's also someone that I. At least I, I had or I knew her as a midfielder. So I think that for a, being a position that she hadn't played at, at Leon, which is the team that she was signed to from Chivas, and, and being off for so long with an injury, I mean, I think that she's doing fantastic. I mean, she's she's having like a high percentage of, of passing accuracy and like she's been really great at like holding that right side for the team in defense and also like offensively. So, yeah, I mean, I think that she's having a, a great season. Yeah, for sure. And then, you know, just to do some background background stuff about her, um, you know, she's 25 years old. She's from Ciudad de Mexico. She debuted with Pachuca in the 2017 Copa MX Femenil Edition. And then 
she was actually part of that Pachuca team that Chivas beat in the final in the inaugural season of uh, Liga MX Femenil. After that, she jumped over to Pachuca. No, I mean, she wasn't Pachuca. She jumped over to Leon, where she established herself as a starter. She wasn't, uh, she wasn't, I don't think she was starting at Pachuca consistently, but at Leon is where she really, uh, found her groove and, uh, turned into a starter. And then Melissa, like you said, before she could make her uh, Chivas debut, she suffered, I believe, an ACL injury that took her out for about a year. And that's why, um, you know, she just started playing for Chivas now. Yeah, and I mean, she was like a, a, a bit of a high-profile signing for Chivas because she was like Leon's captain. So she, she was like a figure for them. And then it, it was really bad to see her like get injured and not being able to play because... I really remember, like, on the first interview they did to her when she just got announced, she said, I mean, I want to make it to the national team on the performances that I that I give with Chivas. So, I mean, she really had, like, this really strong attitude of, I really want to become, like, a figure here and to do well here. And, like, then after the injury happened, like, it must have been, like, really tough for her because she was really, like, excited and committed to doing her best with the, with the team. Yeah, and earlier, earlier in the first game of the season against Juarez, she got her first goal as a Chivas player. I think it was off a, it was like a scramble in the box, and she was there to clean it up. Yeah, I mean, she's, she's had like a, several plays. I mean, maybe she hasn't getting been getting like a lot of the spotlight, but I think that she has been like really solid this season. Yeah, I mean, Chivas has only given up, what is it now, four goals the whole season? Is it up to four or still three? Mm, wait. Let me check. I have the standings here. Um, they've conceded now. three. Oh, three. Oh, wow. So it's even less. But yeah, I mean, she's been starting every game, and obviously, you know, her contributions have been helping Chivas not get scored on. Yeah, I mean, I think that overall defense has been really solid, and I mean, out of the of the top four teams right now, Chivas are the one that has conceded the least goals. So maybe they, they've also been scoring a little bit less, but their defense has also been like more solid than, than the rest. So that's good news for the team. Yeah, definitely. And then, you know, we have um, Melissa. I, I think you want to tell this story, the Michelle Gonzalez bus story in Guadalajara. Yeah, okay. So, well, well she was getting like her physical therapy. She tweeted that, she was trying to get into the bus to, to go to, I know I, I don't know, I'm guessing San Rafael for her therapy. And then the bus driver saw that she was wearing, like, Chivas gear. And I'm guessing that she was wearing, like, maybe the pants and the shirt, like, to train. And the bus driver told her that he wasn't going to let any Chivas person on his bus. And he didn't let her get into the bus and he drove away. And, like, she tweeted that that was really messed up. I mean, because... One thing is a rivalry on the pitch, but to do something like that to a person like on the street was really awful. And like I know that she <laughs> she also got like a lot of flack for it, which really sucked to see because people were were telling her that she had made the story up and that there was no way that an, an Americanista bus driver in Guadalajara had done that to her. But I mean, she really had no reason to make that up, and and also I mean. It's kind of funny, but also, like, it's really sad because, I mean, all she really wanted to do was go to her physical therapy and have a good day. And, like, <laughs> I mean, it was, like, a really weird moment for her. I'm not going to lie. Like, a part of me likes that. <laughs> that the bus driver didn't let her on. 
it's like I kind of respect it. He he stuck true to his colors. <laughs> I feel bad for her, but I kind of like it. Yeah, I mean, I was telling Baro. I mean, I didn't tell him the story, but like I've been to to Guadalajara a few times, and I have used like the the public like transport system. And even though I've only gotten into a bus in Guadalajara like two or three times, I already have crazy stories with the bus drivers. So, I mean, I, I am inclined to believe that that really happened because, I mean, one time there was like this bus driver and, and his nickname was El Sinaloa and his friends got, got up into the bus and the friends had beer and they started drinking in the bus. And like they didn't let like the uh, elder people sit on their like, because there are like assigned seats for them and the friends sat there and they didn't let like older people sit there and they were like telling the bus driver that they were on the phone and they were telling him that another bus driver was challenging him to see who who got first to I don't remember which street and the bus driver was racing another bus driver and his friends were drinking and it was like really crazy so yeah I mean weird things happen in in Guadalajara buses so I I mean just be careful Yeah, I mean, it was insane. I mean, we were kind of laughing, but it was also like concerning that this all of this was happening because he was driving pretty recklessly. And then, like in the middle of the trip, he said, "Okay, so my shift's over." And then one of his friends started driving the bus. <laughs> so yeah, it was like so weird. And, like the funny part is that my my friend who lived in Guadalajara for a, for a while longer, she says that like a couple of months later, she was like on a bus and. Like, I don't know, a lady got into the bus to sell food to the driver and she told the driver, like, tell El Sinaloa that he owes me money. So I'm guessing it was the same guy. So maybe he was like a famous bus driver and I don't know. So, yeah, I mean, weird things happen on public transport in Guadalajara. Well, I think there you have it. I think that's uh, our Michelle Gonzalez player profile. If if you go to Guadalajara, make sure you don't take a bus with, with an American bus driver because he might not take you to where you need to go. <laughs> I'm yeah, sure... sure. Uh, I was going to say, make I'm sure, sure Chivas is going to interview her this week and they'll probably ask her about the bus story. <laughs> Someone <laughs> needs to, to ask her about it. We know like, Chivas is listening. They're going to interview her this week and they're going to ask her about the bus story. <laughs> yeah, that was like a really random moment. <laughs> Hey, they they did it with uh, Blanca Felix, and they, then they did it with Nicole Perez, so we know they're listening. <laughs> yeah, hi, Chivas. Hi, Amaury. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's talk about uh, Chivas' next game. Chivas will be taking on the league leaders, Rayadas. They'll be playing for the Super Liderato. I know Rayadas is coming off a 1-0 win over Necaxa. And uh, maybe we'll break that streak of Chivas Femenil never winning away at Monterrey. Well, at Rayadas, I don't, I don't know about Tigres. I didn't check that. Yeah, I mean Monterrey is there. I mean they're the defending champions. They're like a a very very strong team. They got great signings, um, so they're going to be a tough challenge. And I mean I think that it's great that they're getting them right now because. I've started calling this like their midterm test. Like it's halfway through the season. And like I really want to see them, uh, to see what they can do against one of the strongest teams in the league. I mean, they, so far they've been doing well, but I, but I really want to see them get tested. And and like, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I just, I'm curious to see how, how we're going to react. I mean, is Licha going to score on her former team? Is she even going to be available for this match? 
So I don't know, plenty of, of intriguing things to keep an eye on. Yeah, this is like this is like the real big test because um I, they don't play America and Tigres uh, until the last two games of the season. So this is like the per like you said, it's the perfect uh the perfect midterm, and um you know there's a lot of variables. You know we don't know if Alicia Cervantes is gonna play, but um you know Maria Sanchez has been playing great. Carolina Jaramillo has been playing great, and she even had some words for Tigres uh, and Rayadas. She said Tigres uh, and Rayadas are gonna be scared of them. That uh, they're gonna be worried about them. So she's she's talking smack, and now you know she needs to back it up on the pitch next next week. This is the game that I'm looking forward to because, like, as a someone who just started watching this season, um, and I've been asking you. I think I asked you last time I was on, like, uh, how have the teams been that they faced, and they weren't the best team. So it's good to know that they're finally facing the best team in the league, and now I can get a real good gauge of how good the team is, and especially with Lichap going up against her her former team. It's the Licha Clásico. Yeah, I mean, we're going to see if she she's ready to apply the lay the legs and like score on them. But I mean, yeah, it's going to be really interesting. I, I was telling Baro that out of both Monterrey and Tigres, I feel like Monterrey is the toughest matchup for Chivas. I feel like with Tigres, they're they always able to to fight and, and to and to I don't know. I mean, maybe like the style of play suits them better. And I feel like with with Rayadas, it's way tougher for Chivas to to score and to really get their game in. So I really want to see what, what Chori comes up with for this one. Is this game going to be televised? Are we getting it, Do you know? Well, it's... it's I don't... It's I, don't, I think Fox we're going to have to find the stream, yeah. Because usually Fox Sports doesn't... Um, they don't air it in the States. So I think we're going to have to find a link. I don't know if they do Facebook streams. Monterrey, maybe. I don't, I'm not sure, but... Yeah, I think we're gonna have to find. Yeah, the they do them when, when they don't play at the stadium. They they do the the streams. But since this one's probably going to be at the stadium, I'm not sure. So yeah, we, we're going to look into that and see if we can find like a way for people in the in the states to watch this one. Yeah, so if y'all want to watch that game, um, just pay attention to the Discord channel we have, and uh, we'll tweet out the link. We'll uh, send out the links through there. But um, you know, other month of rain news, uh. One of their strikers, main strikers, just she got into a car accident. I think last night, Christian Birkenrode. She tweeted out that she was in the car accident. She's okay, but she does have a concussion, so she might possibly be missing the game against Chivas. I know concussion pro. I don't, well, I don't know about Liga MX and concussion protocol, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a no, that's standard... definitely not. Yeah, <laughs> that's, just get, that's just get up and play. A standard yeah, concussion protocol. Protocol will probably keep you out for a week. I don't know what Liga MX is gonna do, but um, you know, there's a chance you might not miss. There's a chance you might miss the game, and uh, Birkenrode currently has seven goals on the season, so that would be a a huge player missing for Rayadas. Yeah, she she was one of their signings for this season, and she's like an amazing player. She came in from Europe, and she was scoring a lot of goals at, at Europe, so. She's definitely one of their, their strongest players on attack. And yeah, I mean, I hope that, that she's okay. I know that, that Monica Flores was also on that accident. She's their, their right back or left back, not sure. Yeah, I think that is her. She's their left back. So I hope they're, they're both okay. I mean, that, I mean, I know that it could be easy to say that I don't want them to play because they're really strong players, but. I mean, health and safety first. I hope that, that, that they they recover fast. And also, I hope that they don't get pushed to play too early because, I mean, head injuries are, are not no joke. 
Yeah, absolutely. And then they, but they still have um, Desiree Monsivais who will be available, and she has eight goals on the season, just like uh, Licha. Yeah, I mean, Monsivais is only like the league's uh, top scorer in like the full league history. So <laughs> I mean, no, no biggie for for Chivas <laughs> to face. <laughs> It's not like Rayadas are going to run out of, out of good strikers to, to attack us with. So I hope they, they allow Birken Road some rest. <laughs> um, Melissa, I know you, well, you, you know the team better than we do. Um, any other players from Rayadas that we should keep an eye out or that will cause Chivas trouble on Monday night? I mean, aside from basically whoever they feel. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, Rayadas is a team that I, I actually enjoy watching. Um, I'm good friends with with their supporters group. Um, I think that well, some of, of my favorite players from from them to watch. I mean, besides Monsi Vice, Rebecca Bernal is also like she's like the future of the national team. She's a player. I think she's she's someone that you should definitely keep an eye out for. And I mean, yeah, I mean they they're just like an overall really solid team, and they've also been like a really like a really good project, like mid and long term. So, I mean, just enjoy watching them play. I hope that they, they are not at their best against Chivas. But they're just like this really solid team. And they're just among the, the, the best teams in the league. So, I mean, just like to watch them, it's going to, to be great to see like what the league has to offer. I'm not going to lie. You got me worried now. You should be. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to this. I mean, I'm probably going to be suffering a lot. What have the? What, do you know what like the like say last season what their score what, when they played and what their score was? How they finished? Was it bad? Was it close? Um, I remember they lost, but I also I'm trying. I kind of have like a, a really clear memory that I remember that they played Yashira Barrientos as a as their, their center forward, and that's when she struggles. So that's why I, I I think that she's not, like, the best player for, for that kind of matchup. And I remember being angry at Villa because we had Brenda Viramontes on the bench, and, like, she was, like, much better at doing what Yashira wasn't able to do. So, yeah, I mean, it must have been bad because the rest is, is blurry on my memory. So, yeah, I think they probably lost. <laughs> I pulled, I pulled it up, and uh, they Monterrey beat them 3-1. Okay, so yeah, it was as bad as I thought it was. <laughs> and then 2-1 in, in, in the clausura 2019. Yeah, 2-1 and 3-1. But we didn't have Licha and Maria. So let's yeah, hope I mean, this is different. That's different the team, other right? Yeah, I mean, I think that, that Chivas is like in a much better mood. The roster is much better now. I think that everyone's is close or at their best level. So I think that it's going to be like a a better, a better there, there's the chance for a better outcome for Chivas this time. So let's see if they can, they can break that, that losing streak. I hope they do. But yeah, I mean, overall, it's just going to be like a, an interesting match. And I'm sure that there are going to be like a lot of things that they are going to be able to learn from after this one. All right. Well, there you have it. That is our preview for Chivas versus Rayadas. Um, we didn't get fan questions today. We didn't put it out because uh, I feel like all the questions would be like, why didn't Alicia Cervantes play? <laughs> and we've discussed and then we'd be that. Like, <laughs> like, it was just like an internal decision. We, we don't have anything <laughs> else to say. Exactly. But um, yeah, so that's it for Chivas from Anil. 
This has been another episode of the Chivas del Norte podcast. We are out. Peace.